Hey all, welcome to the podcast, Why Are You Sober? I'm Sam, a sober addict and the host, and I'm so glad you're here as always. Uh, so, Why Are You Sober is a place where sober addicts come to share their stories of addiction, where it led them, how they got sober, and then why they continue to choose sobriety today. The goal is to spread some experience, strength, and hope to others, and particularly those who might be suffering. If you are a sober addict, I would welcome you to come and share your story. You never know who might be listening and who your story might help. Or if someone is struggling with addiction and needs some help or has some questions, please feel free to reach out. You can reach me through my website, whyareyousober.org, or my email address, which is sam at whyareyousober.org. Or as always, you can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So with that, uh, last week we heard from my friend Amanda, and I am so glad that she came and shared her story. It can be a bit intense, but uh, it's true. And uh, I am so glad that she was the leader of the first meeting I ever went to, and I'm so glad that we have continued to stay friends. And that is just one of the most amazing things about sobriety is just the community and connection and people and love and joy and all the awesome things that I keep trying to spread out there to everybody. So this week, we're going to listen to my friend Jessica. Jessica also came from my original home group down in Florida. She's super awesome. Um, and her story can be a bit intense also. But Jessica is one of those people who has an amazing spirit, an amazing um, ability to persevere. And uh, she is just such a joy to be around and such an inspiration to me about how to just keep going sometimes when things get hard. Um, So with that, I hope you enjoy Jessica's story. And right now we'll do the serenity prayer. Good and gracious friend. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. I, you know, it was really cool because I remember I was like, oh my gosh, we actually talked like about a year ago. Yeah, it's been a little while. Do you know? But I mean, well, I, you, I've talked to you more than I've talked to anybody else (laughs) that I've been talking to. So that's yeah, been it's been a while. I was definitely going through it. Yeah. Um, at the time for sure. Yeah. So well thank you for thank you for being a part and being willing to do this and um yeah, and for helping me out. It's super helpful. Um because yeah. what I'm trying to do here is I am looking to um start a podcast of basically a collection, hopefully a very big library of varying addict stories about like about their addiction where it led them how they got sober and then why they're still sober today and i'm hopefully you know gonna put out there some experience strength and hope for others as we hopefully we all do because i was like you know what this is some pretty good 12th step work for all of us to be a part of so yeah. yeah, I think it's a good idea. Actually, I just started listening um, to a podcast that uh, more on about Al-Anon. So I was on Spotify and I came across a podcast and she sometimes brings people on that's like in recovery and stuff. And it's cool. And I like most of the messages. There's some stuff, though, that I'm like, mm, I don't know. But we can talk about that like another time. Yeah. But, um, no, absolutely. No, I think it is. I think it is needed um, for sure. And wherever you get it going and published, I mean, I think I think you'll find a following for sure. Thanks. Well, yeah, I'm just hoping that you know, like I said, it just is out there to help people. 
because um because yeah. <clears throat> going through covid i was really you know really thinking through like how and what can i do more out you know because i was you know everyone was in isolation and it was like what can we do more to help people so you know i finally came across this idea and i was like this could this could be fun so anyways yeah well thank you for thank you for being here thank you for willing to do this so jessica if you don't mind starting um what what is your addiction um so what got me into recovery is it was alcohol um but i mean prior to that i mean i've done dry goods and all the not all the other things but a lot of all the other things yeah. <laughs> um you know but what got me into the rooms um was my drinking um for sure okay and and so when when do you feel like your addiction began um well you know that's that's a great question because they well so when it kicked off right because i was a cucumber right before i got pickled <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah but um, i love that I love, but, that I love that illustration that was good but you know when when you look back and stuff um you know the isms were probably already there mm-hmm. you know um but it society makes it hard right because mm-hmm. to to me i didn't think that i had a problem um, I thought that I drank like everybody else. I thought that I drank like all the kids in college. I thought like that I drank and did all the things that people my age did. Um, it was the behaviors and the emotionalness like that got to be too much. Um, you know, I started becoming really violent, um, and just downright nasty and doing things that was going to lead me to jails institutions or death mm-hmm. um so i pretty much I, I got scared of myself other people became scared of me i became scared of me and when and how um, old were you about this uh so when when all that happened that was at, at the beginning of mine so it, um i would say 29 into 30 things really started to go downhill but when i reflect back i mean it it was always alcoholically the things that i did i always wanted more i never wanted the party i never wanted the fun or the party to end um i was always the last one up most of the time um if i got sick and hung out with the porcelain gods I either passed out there or it just made room for more. Yeah. Um, you know, but I didn't, I didn't think anything was wrong with me. Things were wrong with everyone else. But then when um, it just, it got to the point though, that I could not, I just didn't act right. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't act right. And, um, and I could see that. And then, um, so, um, I mean, I can tell you my last day of drinking, Yeah, you know, yeah, if you want um, to. so it was September 28th of 2013. I thought it was a good idea to go um, to like a pregame for football. 
Um, but I don't even like football. Um, yeah, so, but there was drinking. So yeah. I would like football too. I hate football, but I like football because it's drinking. <laughs> right. And I had to work that day, you know, so it was a, an afternoon game. So it was a morning pregame. So I've drank and I've, I've done things at other jobs and whatever before. So no big deal. You can have a few and then go to work. No one knows the wiser. Well, I didn't have a few. I had like six. And I drank one on the way. Um, I went to a gas station, got a bottle of Febreze, a pack of cigarettes, a monster rehab, and a pack of gum. And then I went to work. And um, when I got out of work, I went to the bar to try to get my boyfriend at the time um, to come out of the bar. Well, he's scared of me, right? Um, because I, I was this jealous, vindictive, crazy person. Um, so he was scared to come out of the bar because I was upset with him. Um, I was upset with him that he was at the bar, right? Yeah. So, um, and he's in there with this other girl that I don't like, you know, and, and all this stuff. And um, so I go into the bar and the owner tells me I'm not allowed in there because in August, um, August 22nd, it's funny how I remember these these dates, but they're catalysts to my life now. But um I, uh, I had gotten in an altercation and broke a lot of dishes the month prior. And so I was banned from the establishment. And um, it sounds silly, but like that bruised my ego like so much. I've never been banned from a bar before. Um, I was banned from Walmart as a teenager for shoplifting, <laughs> you know, but like I never, which I was addicted to that, right? That's why I say like the addiction, it it showed itself when you look back um, kind of like early on, right? I was addicted to shoplifting, oh, yeah, the adrenaline exactly. you oh, got yeah. to oh, getting yeah. away with it, you know, getting, just getting away with anything. Um, so, but um, anyways, so I sat in my car for three hours. I was terrified. Like, I wanted to go in. I was trying to contemplate how I could get into the bar. I thought about putting my car through the front doors because how dare they tell me I can't come in here. Um, I'm messaging the boyfriend. I'm sure I sounded like a crazy person trying to lure him out. Oh, um, I waited there until almost three in the morning for them to walk out. Um, I was going to put my hands on him and that girl. Um, you know, so finally I saw, I saw on Facebook that my, my ex who broke up with me on my 29th birthday, who it was his fault that I was this mess that I was now. Right. Of course. Um, yes. <clears throat> Always and, the other person's fault, not mine. Yeah. Right. Had he not dumped me on my birthday, we wouldn't be there. Right. We wouldn't be this hot disaster. Um, anyways, uh, so I see that he's, he's sober. And, um, so you know, I have other issues than alcoholism, like codependency, relationship jumping, um, all of that, right? Um, so I reach out to the ex-boyfriend, and that's how I ended up in Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, and I I tried, we that relationship, like, we tried, it wasn't the same, right? Like, yeah. um, oh, yeah. you know, we were together as drinkers, so trying to whatever it, and it just it didn't work out so whatever um but I've stayed you know so 
it, it doesn't really matter that my motives weren't necessarily pure in the moment, but I got to where I needed to be and I've stayed there since September 29th of 2013. That's awesome. Congratulations. So nine years now. Thanks. Yes, I just got nine years. And so what did sobriety bring bring into your life? Like what, like when you started in sobriety, what, how, you know, like what happened? Like how did your life change? Uh, well, so when I first got to AA, you know, like I, I don't remember the words and I don't remember the page, but I remember like the tears so heavy um and like the stare like through the floor like to the other side of the earth and um I just I don't know what they were saying but it struck me and like my hand shot up and it just came out of my mouth you know like if I don't get help I'm gonna kill somebody or kill myself you know and um and then like all these, cause it was old, it was just full of old timers. And like, um, I just, I felt like I belonged. I felt like I was at home. I was also terrified because I didn't know anything about being sober or recovery. All I knew is that I was desperate to not feel the way that I was feeling and, and I needed help, you know, and, um, and I didn't necessarily know that that meant not drinking ever again, um, or anything like that, um, because, you know, my motives weren't necessarily the purest, um, getting into the rooms, but the longer I stayed, you know, it was painful. Like the first, I don't, I don't even know, like the first several months, you know, cause I had obsessive thinking, um, what is the, what is, you know, my ex doing and I'm on Facebook, you know, and I'm seeing him at the bar with the girls and, you know, like I was crazy. I was still crazy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like they told me that I never had to feel the way that I felt ever again, you know, and all I needed to do was not drink for that day and, and come back tomorrow. And this lady, um, she gave me a big book and she, I was like, I don't have any money. And she's like, just bring it back tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, later on, I'm like, it was a setup, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, um, no, that's a great setup okay. though. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a good setup. Yeah. And as I read, you know, as I read the big book and everything in those first few weeks, um, it all, it all resonated. And, you know, as I told people that, I was an alcoholic and that I went to my first meeting and I got my chip and people told me like, no, you're not, no, you're not. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure they're right. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure they've got this accurate, you know, once oh, yeah. I start. And, and as I worked with my first sponsor, you know, cause I struggled with this verbiage of powerlessness, you know, cause I'm like, because my ego was so big. I was like, I'm not powerless. I can, because I was so controlling, you know, that I was like, I'm not powerless over anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, so she had to really break it down for me, you know, like once I start, can I stop, you know? And, 
And sometimes I would challenge myself to just have one. But then it was like, well, but after you have that one, how's the rest of your night? Are you thinking about how you wish you had another? And so it's like, damn, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So they had to really break it down for me. Um, And then just the longer I stayed, well, one, I, I got better you know, um, and uh, the light turned on. Um, I had all these aha moments. Um, I was on this, the pink cloud, you know, I'm going around helping everybody and I'm holding the doors and I'm stopping on my way places to make sure the dog I saw on the sidewalk finds its owners. You know, like I'm doing all the things. Well, you, you Um, were, you were caring about life you started to care about life. Yeah. And, you know, and and there's things that I just, I remember, you know, and it's, to me, it's really important. You know, um, my second meeting, this, this lady, she said, you need to take the cotton out of your ears and stick it in your mouth. And she's like, and I'm saying that in the most loving way possible. She's like, had I not been here yesterday to see you get your white chip, I would think that you know something. <laughs> right? oh. Yeah, I mean, she, you know, if she was probably younger, I, I probably would have had different feelings about it. But since she was like an elder, yeah. I was like, okay, you know, because I love my elders. Um, anyways, so and then she sat down. She talked to me about a higher power and all of that stuff. Um, because my skin crawled you know, uh, with the the mention of the word God, and all of that stuff, you know, at the end of my drinking, my mom told me that, um, because I was, I was really, I was really crazy. And she's like, Jessica, Michelle, you need to, you need to go to church and find God. And my words to her was, there's nothing that God can do for me. Mm. And um, I don't believe that now. You know what I mean? Um, I have a higher power of my understanding, but only because that woman sat down and she talked to me for almost two hours um, after my second meeting. And, um, you know, and I went to some young people's groups and I followed them around like a lost puppy after the meeting. I just stood there because I was scared to go home because I was terrified that I would end up at the bar. I would end up somewhere I didn't belong and um, doing things that I shouldn't be doing. So I would linger Lou and then we would go to village Inn, and we would stay there until a little after three. And, and then I was able to get home without turning into the bar, turning into the ex-boyfriend's house, you know, and, and there were times that I would drive the longest way back home. Um, so that I wouldn't drive past those places. Um, yeah. I, you know, cause I, I was desperate. I, I slept all day. I drank, you know, until the bar closed and then, you know, and I would go to work in between and, um, and I was miserable and I hated my existence and I didn't recognize the person I had turned into, Yeah. but, you know, but the, the question that like, recovery has given me my life back, Mm. you know, and it's not, it's not perfect. It's not without struggles. It's not without um, grief and loss and sadness and despair. Um, But I have yet, you know, I haven't picked up a drink 
and um, through all of it, you know, my first year of sobriety, my my sponsor died in my during my fourth step, and well, actually, just after my one year, she gave me my one year medallion, and then she passed away just before Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, so, um, you know, so that that sucked, <laughs> and um, I've gone through some sponsors, you know. I've gone through some that aren't that great um, that I've I've walked away from because I wasn't going to be spoken to the way that they spoke to me. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're new, it's important to you we get stuck on things. So you have to be kind of patient. Um, yes. um, OK, good. Awesome. So just pick up where you left off. Sorry. Do you remember where that was? <laughs> yeah, you had been ta- about. We were talking about patience with sponsors and being new uh, in, the, in into recovery. Oh yes, you know, I was stuck on something that had happened at my work's holiday party, and you know, I was still in early recovery, so I was stuck on this thing that this girl did that I didn't agree with, and the sponsors like you've been stuck on that for thirty six minutes already, and. It's so effing frustrating. I want to slam my head into the table. And that's the last time I ever spoke to her. And, you know, I I let go of that relationship through an email, you know, yeah. and um, because that's just, no, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not, that's so, not okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, but, you know, I've, there's been so many aha moments to, you know, one of my, one of my doctors before I, I got sober, I think I was 27 my liver enzymes were elevated. And um, so my doctor's asking me questions about my drinking, which how are you supposed to answer? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how many drinks I have in a day or a week. Since when were we supposed to count that? You know, um, it's ridiculous. I don't see anybody else counting their drinks. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. So anyways um so she set me out on this little task to keep a tally um i couldn't keep the tally because i'd get confused um yeah, <laughs> did i mark go. this yep. drink or not you know yeah, oh, yeah. um i would probably do so that anyways fast forward a few years after that sponsor had spoken to me so poorly i go to this meeting and there's my doctor well she's not my doctor at this point because she had moved on somewhere um there she is holding the door and i'm like i grab this other woman what is she doing here she's well she's supposed to be here she's one of us i'm like oh my god you know what i mean (laughs) because i was it freaked me out and um you know she became my sponsor oh that's um, awesome i worked with her for several years um until distance and whatnot became a an issue schedules and stuff yeah um but it was so funny because i'm like she knew you know what i mean she knew and and i told her she's like well you wouldn't have been ready to hear it that's why she had given me those little tasks right and i was supposed to not drink for like a couple weeks due to like the medical stuff and it was sufferable and and stuff so she she knew that like i wouldn't have heard it you know but just how crazy how crazy it was to cross paths again like mm. that, you know, and then, um, and there's just been other, other times that it's just been, 
people placed in my path in the in the right moment and um you know recovery has given me most clarity right mm. um you know i'm not it's given me clarity for the most part right mm. but um i w- i learned early on from my sponsor that passed away you know more will reveal itself and um so there are things that still come to surface, you know, that it's like, man, why wasn't this taken care of? Or why is this still the way that it is? And I just remember her telling me that, you know, and, and then when I talk to other people, they're like, well, you just weren't ready. It wasn't ready for you then at that time, you know, and it's what's ready for you now at this time, you know, and mm-hmm. um, so it's been, it's been great. I've, I bought, I've bought my own house, Mm. you know, um, I still have my job of, I've been there over 12 years. Um, I'm able to show up and be there for my parents, um, with everything that's been going on there, um, this last year and, um, a little over a year now. Um, and that part, I mean, that, you know, it's so interesting because I was in a really, really not good place um, not that long ago, you know, just a few short months ago. And um, I mean, I didn't even want to go get my nine-year medallion. Um, Just, I don't know why, I just, I I just... my in my mind I was going to go up there and I was going to get my medallion and I was going to be able to say something good right um but the the girl that presented me my medallion she said all of the most nicest things that I was crying before I even got up there you know and um and then I it was just it was a hot mess of me just crying (laughs) and it sounded so bad it might to me it was just I was like oh god okay so um but uh I was coming out of just being in a really low low spot um I think everything from the last year and a half had finally come and was it, it was just coming out of me um you know last year in 2021, um, my, my dad started having some cognitive issues with behavioral changes. Mm. Um, also everything that we've learned and looking back, um, my dad's bipolar, um, you know, and we didn't, I didn't know cause I didn't know, you know, um, and now there's all this stuff that I know more and due to working on myself, I now know that I too mm-hmm. am bipolar. Yeah. you know, which I didn't know that. Um, and, um, so I've, I've gotten outside help, you know, this last year, but you know, my, so my, my coworker of over a decade, he, he died of COVID last year. And, uh, mm. you know, that, that was really hard. Um, because we used to spend a lot of hours together, just him and I on a shift, you know, talking. And he always gave such positive words of encouragement. And he was one of the first people that I told 
that I went to my first AA meeting, you know, and um, mm-hmm. he was always just really supportive. Um, and right after he passed away on Mother's Day, my we have my dad Baker after, and um, mm-hmm. and my family and everything was just in turmoil and crisis. I didn't even have time to grieve my coworker because I was having to swoop in and intervene on this this crisis that was happening with my my parents and trying to sort out what's going on here is it dementia like what is happening um and then also is it just my dad because this is what we know these behaviors right we grew up watching this toxicity but i had already been observing the cognitive decline prior to all of that you know and um it was it was crazy and and he was baker acted a second time and They've been in an assisted living facility ever since, and we've get it's been a struggle, and a lot of pressure has come onto me and the transition from being the child to being more so in a responsible for my parents' role. It it punches you in the chest. Um, it it just it knocks you right in there, and um, it's like a wave crashing of um everything everything it's like this acceptance that you have to accept that this is what this is now it's painful you know they don't teach you this in school like they don't prepare you for when you're you know when your parents are aging um and and the the totality of when things start to go downhill, you know, and then I'm the youngest of four and a lot of this has fallen on to me, you know, and um, actually the majority of it has fallen on to me and um, I've always been the baby of the family. Right. And so now here I am in all of this, I'm, I'm hanging on to my, my recovery you know, I still work with my sponsor. I'm, I'm going to meetings and I'm crying. But I, you know, there's a reason we have m- multiple places to go to meetings. You know, because not every meeting are you necessarily going to get what you need yes. from it. Yep. Now you may be giving something to it, right, for someone else, and you don't know. But you're not always going to get what you need out of it, and it it help you feel better on the inside. And um, I wasn't feeling relief anywhere. I felt so alone, you know, and there were times that, um, you know, a drink is not an option. It is not an option. That is my motto from like the get go, you know, like a drink is not an option. And um, there's no doubt in your mind when you just remove it off the table, it's not an option. And it's, point blank that just like that it's not an option so there were times where I was just in so much emotional pain this last year I, I went into the laundry room it's small I shut the door I locked it and I just sat in there and I ugly cried and ugly cried mm-hmm. and yeah. then I I got on Facebook and uh, someone that I've known he came in like a month after me and um, he had put something on one of the 
the Tampa, you know, AA pages. Um, and I read it and um, it, it spoke to me, you know, right there in that moment. And I was able to catch my breath, stop crying. I was going to send him a message, but I have a hard time writing when there's so many emotions coming. I can't get my words typed out and it'd be coherent. Um, so I ended up not messaging him, but um, it, it, whatever it was in that moment, it helped me, right? And um, I mean, I was hanging on by the skin of my teeth, but not because I was thinking about a drink. I was thinking about how I wanted to be relieved of this pain. Mm. Um, and it got to the point where I was, you know, I contemplated putting my car into a pond. And um, that scared me, you know, and um, so I desperately start grasping for help, you know, so I go to the Tampa Bay Fall Roundup, which is exactly where I needed to go. Um, I heard the kind of sobriety that I needed to hear. And the woman that gave me my first big book she was there with this other girl that I knew, um, which I vaguely remember our interactions, but I recognized her face, um, you know, but uh, I started, the way I started viewing my recovery was that there was a, these deep roots that had grown up under my foundation and they were starting to crack my foundation. And so I started grabbing at things from the building of my foundation, people who helped me pour the cement, you know, and I've started talking with her at least once a week. Um, We were gonna go through the 12 and 12 together, but that hasn't hasn't happened. Um, And part of me is like, it's okay, you know, because I've been doing these other positive things, you know, presently. to get my spirituality back on track. So I came across the spiritual center that I heard about from that podcast that I mentioned. And so I, there's one here in Tampa. I started going to the spiritual center. I talk with that woman once a week. Um, I still meet with my sponsor, you know, um, you know, here in, in Tampa um, for AA. I started also, though, attending Al-Anon. Um, because I, I got so enmeshed in all of the stuff happening with my family that I got really, really sick and I needed to learn healthy detachment and healthy boundaries. And, um, and it's just been on a zoom call, but like these women and the things that they share, I just, I'm just eating it up and it's like, oh my God, this is it took me so long to come to Alana, right? Which granted, uh, I'm a, what do they call it? A double winner, right? I'm duly qualified. Um, had I tried Al-Anon before getting sober, I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have heard anything. It wouldn't have done me any good, mm. you know? Um, uh, and then now, you know, I'm, I'm sober and the thought of a drink as a solution doesn't cross my mind, you know? Um, but the emotional pain and turmoil is, it's still a thing. Yeah. So I've started doing these other things to get my spirituality back on track. Um, I signed up for this metaphysical school 
um, the University of Metaphysics and the University of Sedona. Um, so um, I'm doing that. I'm going to get my doctorate in metaphysical sciences. Um, it's interesting. It's different. Um, but when I read up on it, I'm like, how have I not ever learned about this? <laughs> how did I not know this place exists? That's um, awesome. You know, so the way I look at it is like this last year I died, you know what I mean? Not a physical death, but like a spiritual, mental, emotional death. And, um, the way I look at it right now is that I'm on the rise back from the ashes. Yeah. And, um, I found myself a few months ago, you know, before getting stabilized, <laughs> you know, with my outside help therapist, psychiatrist, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and these other measures that I'm taking uh, for myself. Um, I've started walking like two miles, uh, awesome. most every day, most every day. Well, it's a fight. Whatever the disease is, alcoholism, mental illness, doesn't matter. You have to fight back. Yep. You know what I mean? Amen. You have to change your diet. You have to do some exercise. You have to go dig and find whatever it is that will help you. You know what I mean? For the better good of yourself. And oh, um, Absolutely. I totally hear that because I always tell people that recovery from anything, even like recovery from surgery, it takes work to recover mm -hmm. is a verb. So you have to actually do something to recover. You can't just lay around and rest. Like that's not going to do anything. You have to actually like participate and do it. Like go to the physical therapy or, or what you're saying. Like you got to go out, you got to find the too. things. Yeah. You got to find the things that you need to be okay in life, but also to heal and get better. You need to find those things. No one's going to give the, they're not just going to magically end up on your door. Like you got to go out and find them when you need them. And that's what you're doing, which is sounds awesome. Like. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was dark. And yeah. I mean, I was, I was crying all the time and then let's just throw in there, you know, I just turned 39 in September also you know, so on, on the 17th, I turned 39. On the 29th, I turned nine, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> um, on the 29th, I turned 41. So don't what? even start with me. And on the 2nd, <laughs> I turned six. On October 2nd, I turned six years old. So, Aw, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, but, you know, with the 39, though, being a female, mm -hmm. you know, the hormones weren't helping any of this other stuff either, right? Um, so I was, I mean, I was coming unhinged. So I got this giant U-shaped body pillow and, um, and that was miserable. So the advertisement for this giant U-shaped body pillow is this, this pregnant woman and look at her all pampered and so smiling and happy with her pregnancy and, and this pillow. And I was just like, screw that lady i need this lonely sad b-word pillow you know um because i was just so miserable um it, i didn't like seeing anyone else being joyful um, anyway so i got the pillow right and uh, that pillow i'm really glad that i got that pillow you know it, it gave me something to squeeze 
and hug, right? Because I could not feel comfort. I would, nothing that I did was providing me comfort. And, um, you know, and, and sure as the hell I know that, you know, I'm not going to get the ease and the comfort from the first drink, you know, yes. like it may, it may light my veins on fire. Um, but then I'm going to burn the whole world down and I will be of no use to oh, my yeah. parents oh, whatsoever. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'll unravel everything that I've, you know, that I've worked for, um, and that the gifts of sobriety and my higher power have given me, you know, and, um, you just don't, that's like decimating a grave or something. You just don't do it. Um, so, uh, anyways, so I found myself hugging this pillow, crying the deepest of cries from the deepest depths of my soul. Um, and the, I, I mean, I, I haven't said this prayer, maybe only one when I got sober. Um, I may have said it another time when I lived in St. Pete and things were really bad. Um, you know, living with a active alcoholic at the time. And um, so I don't remember if I said that little prayer then, but I definitely said it when I got sober. And then just a few months ago, God help me, God help me, God help me. And, um, then right after all of that was the fall roundup, the woman, yeah, uh, who gave awesome. me, gave me the, gave me the big book. Then they led me on to the women's Al-Anon meeting that's on zoom. You know, then I looked for more Al-Anon material and led me to that podcast. That podcast led me to the spiritual center, you know, and to the university of metaphysics and stuff. And, um, and, and I've just been doing that. Um, I attend some AA, um, zoom meetings and I go to, um, more speaker meetings. I was asked to speak at two different meetings back to back. One of them being, um, Saturday night fever, which is a really big meeting here. And, um, and then another one that was in front of it was a lot of people from Salvation Army and different treatment centers. But in that meeting, I look up and um, I'm talking about my, my, uh, you know, my stories from high school and, you know, the dry goods and all the dumb things that I was doing and the money I was stealing from people. And, um, and I look up and there's this girl from high school sitting right in front of me. Um, it was, and then I just wave at her. I just lift my hand and I'm like, cause I, she knows exactly what I'm talking about, mm. you know, cause mm. yeah. we were friends. We were in marching band together, yeah. you know, like, and here I look up and I'm like, it's a small world and you never know. You never know one who you're going to help or two who you're going to cross paths with in recovery. And you're like, Oh shit, you too. You know, um, yeah, absolutely. so it's just, I mean, it's a, it's a journey and it's true when they say it's not linear and, um, and complacency is a thing and resting on your laurels and all of that stuff. And, um, when it gets uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable and people either drink or they do something about it. Um, me, I don't want to drink, you know, um, 
Yeah. I know, I'd rather I, go. I, I know what that choice does in my life. I don't want that choice again. Yeah. I mean, I quit smoking too. Like oh, yeah, I quit smoking cigarettes in the middle of all that chaos last year. Like I quit smoking in March. Um, That's incredible. Bef- before our mutual friend had his surgery on his throat. Yeah. Um, so um I thought that it was because of smoking. <laughs> so I did it. One, I did it in support because he wasn't going to be able to smoke anymore. So I was like, I'm going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to back that by quitting smoking too. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, and then also I thought the boyfriend was going to quit smoking, which he tried, but he didn't succeed. I stayed the course though. But I had been praying and kind of prepping for it you know, anyways, mentally and stuff like that. Um, so, um, and I haven't thought, I mean, I've had so many reasons to make an excuse to pick up a drink or to pick up a cigarette in the last like year and a half. You know, I yeah. could name off any excuse that I want. Oh, my coworker died, you know, yeah. or oh, my dad was Baker acted or, oh, you know, my parents are old and I'm sad and, you know, I'm, I'm mentally, emotionally a wreck, you know, and all of those things. But, you know, if we're in strong recovery and you build a good foundation, then, and you truly get the step before the step, right. Um, the concede to my innermost self that I'm an alcoholic, right. And that there is no safe amount of alcohol that I can ever consume and to drink is to die. Um, and and you hold on to that and you know that through and through um, and all this shit will pass, but it's hard and it hurts. I mean, I can't even put into words the depth of the pain and the grief, but I think it was everything finally coming out. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. oh, I, I feel like I finally grieved the grieves of all the grievances, you know, um, just a few months ago. And, um, but I pick up a drink, you know what I mean? And and that's really all that matters. And I have sponsees and, um, you know, I'm like, man, I felt bad because I was crazy. I'm losing it, you know, and I'm trying to be this example. And the only example that I could be is that, through all of this i i did not pick up a drink you know um which is and that's a great really example. the and that's the only example yeah. that anybody needs is just showing that and that you know i mean yeah i jessica what well, everything you said has just been so awesome because um you know i even relate it to my own story of uh, after a year of sobriety uh, my now ex-husband at the time um uh came and asked for a divorce and mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Like, I, I mean, at the time I thought like things were better, but he, you know, clearly it wasn't. And, mm-hmm. and what did I do? I went to a meeting and I put up my hand and I said, Hey, this just happened and I don't know what to do. And I got help, you know? I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's the story, you know, it's the story of, of like, we got to do something. We have to get up because no one's going to do it for us and we know what the option is if we go and drink so and we know it's not great so we got to find another one 
I mean, it like that's awesome. I, I, I'm so proud of you and all that you've done. <laughs> like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's also it's also important to know, you know, because when we're in the program and we're in different meetings, a lot of people got a lot of different uh, views of what sober is, you know, and and some dangerously think that if you take mental health medications, right, that you're not sober, um, which is just not true. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And we're not doctors. So exactly. And you know um, what? And everybody's program is their own program and they got to do it how they got to do it. And, you know, no judgments about it is the way I look at it. Like, and people have got to definitely pay attention to what their doctors say regarding, um, medical treatments. So, yeah. 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 And, you know, I didn't, I didn't, it's not like I haven't been on anti-anxiety or antidepressants, you know, before in the past. Right. But it's, you can't take stuff if you're drinking, it's not going to do any good. Um, then even when I got sober and I was still batshit, like I got put on medications and they had side effects and I didn't like the results of those side effects. And that was making me miserable, you know? So I, I went off of them and I thought that I was okay. Right. And like all is well, I'm not like, I don't know. I didn't feel like I was not well. And, um, and then this stuff that happened, right. Yeah. it unleashed and and I'm like, okay, you know, and now I've learned so much. Um, and I, and now I have a therapist and a a psychiatrist and I'm, I'm stable and I'm treating those, those things. And, you know, and I'm treating my codependency, my control, um, my detachment issues or my inability to detach, (laughs) you know, along with the alcoholism, you know, um, it, it all was under one umbrella of isms. Of yep. You know. Well. So. Well, Jessica, I'm really proud of you, and I thank you for for doing this with me. I I, I really do. Like your story is so beautiful. So, yeah. and I I I know that there are going to be people out there who it really resonates with them. So. Okay. Well, I hope I answered all of the all of the things that you would like to have in your podcast here. Oh, you definitely did. So thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed Jessica's story as much as I enjoyed talking with her. I, this is one of the most amazing things that I get to do is just talk with my friends and talk with other people in sobriety and share their stories and get the, uh, the, experience strength and hope out there to anybody who might be looking for it but this just brings me so much joy to be able to do this week after week so next week we're going to hear from my new friend trip trip has also an incredible story of addiction and his story is very different than the traditional story of maybe going to a 12-step group Um, so i can't wait for you all to hear that as well so as always Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. And remember to review and subscribe if you are a sober addict and would like to come on and tell your story. I would love that. Or if you have any questions or are looking for help, reach out to you. Uh, you can find me on my website, whyareyousober.org, or email me at sam at whyareyousober.org. You can also find me on social media like Facebook and Instagram. And with that, 
hope you all have a wonderful week. And until next week, I'm wishing you peace, love, and a whole lot of joy.